This episode of Ear Buddies is brought to you by Remington Arms Company. America's first and America's best in the world of guns. It's Remington. I'm taking the easy one. I'm Benny Anderson. Um, I'll just be the other guy. I'm Bjorn. Uh, and this is Ear Buddies. Holy smokes, buddy. I am so glad you're back. <sighs> Tim, from me and from, I'm sure, the entire Ear Buddies army, may I take this opportunity to offer you a I wish you I wish you wouldn't heartfelt thanks uh because look <laughs> when when I woke up that morning mm-hmm. uh I just simply I did not have a voice I was so you thought maybe we'd miss a Monday and I thought, are we going to miss our first Monday? But I know, <laughs> I know that we don't do that. And so, well, guys, I called on Tim and I said, look, man, it simply is not possible uh, for me to, to record this week's ep. And Tim, as I knew he would, stepped up to the plate and and knocked it out of the park with one of our best episodes yet i would say <laughs> you know it's just <laughs> no i i take huge issue with that it sucked to do it without you pal well you it's just you and i have such an established banter and a back and forth and rapport <laughs> yes. and to have to chemistry try re- it's chemistry yeah it's chemistry it's magic is what it is well, yeah. but to try and to sail that ship alone uh bold and mm. and very very commendable. You know, a a podcaster's voice is like <laughs> Amelia Earhart's plane. You know, if if it stops working, you may I mean, right. it's, you disappear. That's it. At least we found yours. I'm so glad. It's, but how you feeling? Uh, I'm basically back to normal. I mean, okay. I've got the highs and the lows, and I can, you know, I can kind of change the timbre of my voice around yeah, a little listen, bit. I can, your EQ is coming in real nice. Yeah, it's, it's really better than ever, probably, but you you know, you tell me. Uh, it's Ear Buddies. We're back. The buddies are back. And today, well, it's a special one, bud, because... You and I are not the only uh, group that's back. That's right. It's ABBA or ABBA. What do we say? I think it's ABBA. I think ABBA is just like the Hebrew word for God (laughs) or Aramaic or something or father. Yeah, you know, it's in the Bible. I think it's ABBA. Uh, ABBA has returned after a 40-year hiatus. 40 years. 40 years. These are old people now. (laughs) These are senior citizens, and they're back, and they have a hot new album. Uh, And Matt and I are going to talk about it. But 
before we do that, we have to address uh, a problem, actually. Yeah, Tim, I, I know what you're going to say, but go ahead and uh, go ahead and rip the Band-Aid right off, if you would. The problem is that I am, at best, ABBA illiterate, and at worst, not really a fan. And I am a huge fan, have been for a long time, and um, this is the only point in our friendship and shared lives together at which Tim and I uh, are not on the exact same page. Uh, pretty jarring to yeah, hear. We, we and got to ourselves. Uh, we have our first ever uh, uh, disagreement here, and yep. uh, we're sounding the alarm. Disagreement alert. Mm-hmm. Disagreement this is alert. conflict. Disagreement this is. We're hoping this will be a case of iron sharpening iron, but it could be. Uh, it could be awkward and uncomfortable. And who knows if we'll come to any sort of resolution or compromise by the end of this. Yeah, uh, exactly. A lot of, lot of tension in the air. Uh, so I actually, I do want to apologize for that because I know people come to <laughs> Ear Buddies um, for right, the they don't camaraderie. Watch, they're not trying to watch Crossfire. Um, no, 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 uh, no, 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 no. Right. Like we've said before, this is about two pals agreeing in lockstep with each other through the end of time, no matter what. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and selfishly, I have sort of put the burden on you uh, to change my mind, Matt. I want you to, I want you to change my mind. I want to love Abba. I, I see the potential. Mm-hmm. There are things, and I'll we'll we'll get to it. But there are things that I really like about Abba. But I think I just hold them uh, not on the same pedestal that you and I think kind of the consensus of uh, smart pop music fans do. Sure. So I, I, I want to understand. Well, Tim, uh, you know, I think I respect where you're, where you're beginning from here because to approach this wanting to, um, to appreciate them, right? To approach with a, an open mind, an open heart, uh, as they say... You can't lose, right? Or <laughs> something like that. Um, so I, I'm hopeful, I'm optimistic, and I think that um, this should be a fruitful conversation. Pal, would you kick us off by kind of... Uh, Telling me about ABBA, teach me. Who, who, who are these four? <laughs> sure, the band ABBA is four. It's four people: two women and two men. Their names are uh, Benny Anderson, as we heard in the introduction. <laughs> Bjorn, who has a last name I'm, I can't pronounce. Uh, yep. Agnetha and Anna Fried. Uh, so those are the those are the four. And. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, A B B A. Yes, and so, yeah. If you can, I didn't do that in the right order, but that is where the name Ava comes from. <laughs> really, I wrecked that. You, yeah, you're right. Terrible. Um, but, but uh, they have been around 
Well, obviously for a while, but it's been 40 <laughs> years since their, their last. Uh, but they were formed in Stockholm in Sweden, uh, which is... And is and sort of always has been the modern pop capital of the world uh, in 1972. And they uh, just they just lit up the skies. It was two uh, it was two married couples, much like Fleetwood Mac, uh. um, which is just kind of fun as well. And a bad uh, idea, but right. Well, they ended up both getting divorced, and and mm. you know that's that is fun. Uh, well, it's not fun. That's fun <laughs> history and trivia. I'm not. I don't fun think for the divorce lawyers. <laughs> I don't. Well, yeah, right. But I just don't think that me telling you, Tim, about that is going to make you like them more. So, uh, sure. But well, no, it is actually. It's useful for me to know that. Uh, because part of the appeal, frankly, of listening to Fleetwood Mac is knowing uh, how fraught the energy is. Sure. And so if I can, if we can find some of that in ABBA, that's great, too. Oh, baby, we absolutely can. ABBA was like Fleetwood Mac um, without the cocaine and with really <laughs> fancier outfits. Okay. And maybe worse fancier outfits. Um but, so ABBA gets gets a big old boost, right? Because they win the Eurovision uh, song yes, contest. Yes, that's that's in, right. So nineteen seventy something. Yep, uh, Eurovision song contest is sort of a. It's something that people who aren't in America, um, well, I guess mostly in Europe, <laughs> because it's called Eurovision. Uh-huh. Uh, they care about that a lot, and it's a cool. Well, it's not that cool. It's kind of cheese ball. It's a little bit dumb, but. They won with their song Waterloo, and uh, boy, did they ever win. So, uh, you know, I did my due diligence here prepping for the episode by spending the week listening to a lot of ABBA. Way more than I ever have in <laughs> any week wow, prior. Proud of you. Um, and this song rules. It does. It deserved to win the Eurovision contest. It's very cool. Uh, and so that uh, that sends them kind of into the mainstream, right? And and from there, yes. uh, the Swedish Beatles are are at it. That's right. Yep. And so yeah, from that from that point. Uh, essentially, they uh, they kept kind of churning out hits and churning out mm-hmm. albums because you know back in the in the seventies, um, people man they just they were really burning through the recording process. Uh, <laughs> they would I mean the Beatles even before they would release like two or three albums a year you know and that was sort of Wild. industry standard and in you know the seventies. Uh-huh. They, Abba was working hard, and they were doing a, they were doing a very good job because um, they, their songs really. Because here's the thing, Tim, uh, with Abba, hey, it's all about the tunes. Yes, it really <laughs> is. Yes, that's why that's why I love them, and that's why I think you know real real pop heads 
um, love or respect them. And it's also why I think that there's been in the past at least, I don't know, 10 to 15 years, sort of a Mm -hmm. critical reconsideration of ABBA, right? Because Mm -hmm. when, and I mean, I'm not that old. I wasn't around when, uh, when they were in their heyday. But from what I hear, Tim, from what I hear, they you asked you asked your parents and your uncles <laughs> right, right and they yeah they knew they were paying attention uh it it seems like they were abba as a band was mm, how do i say this not not dismissed but um sort of treated in the same way that pop music often has been which is you know kind of disposable fun sure. to listen to fun to dance to but you know they're no Fleetwood Mac, you know. They're, they they don't have the depth. They don't have the the mm. angst, or or they don't have the song craft, or the whatever it would be. And so people sort of did write them off, critically at least, as four weird and weird looking Swedes uh-huh. um, making and, cornball tunes. Yeah, making cornball, just just tunes with, you know, synthesized strings and big old electronic drums and, and just a bunch of nonsense. They're singing about, like, Spanish men in Swedish accents, <laughs> but they're singing in English. It, it, it's just a real hodgepodge of, like, well, who sort of, who is this for? It's like, hmm. it, it's just like, is this mall music? Is it, is it, you know wedding party music the answer to both of course is yes but it was uh and is a lot more than that tim you can feel free to ask me any questions you have yeah so here's right what i want to what i want to posit is that i fell victim to sort of that conventional wisdom about abba Mm -hmm. i'm i pretty much hold them in my head as a corny weird maybe too sugary for my taste uh, group with, I don't know. um, Now, let me just, let me say that I think the first 45 seconds of Dancing Queen are like the, the, the best pop music production I can imagine from the 70s. It's so good to start Halfway through the chorus like this? That's pretty cool. It is pretty cool, Tim. That is pretty cool. Um, But by and large, you know, the rest of the song eh, doesn't really do it for me that much. And I, I think I just... My perception of ABBA is uh, a little too a little too wacky, a little too a little too Eurovision, I guess. Of course, you know what I mean. I know exactly what you mean, Tim. But I think that that's not totally right. So, in listening to ABBA for the last week or so, I several times actually was surprised by the content and, and um, found that my assumptions about the band were not exactly correct. And so 
uh, I'd love for you to uh, shine some light on this. And are they not the band that people kind of made them out to be? This sort of ultra corny, ultra European uh, group of four weirdos. Is there more to it? It it, it, it it certainly seems that way to me. But I I know you're a better student of the band than I am. Right. Okay. So um, Tim, as always, phenomenal question. Um, Really, you just really give me an, a nice launching pad here. Um, I would say, yeah, but I would say that is exactly correct. A, a big part of it. Okay, I, just to to lay this out uh, so everyone knows I'm aware of this. If you like this kind of music, it's easier to like ABBA, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not a big fan of uh, pop, right? Sure. Um, then I, you know I don't I don't think it's going to be really worth it trying to drag yourself across the finish line and really appreciate ABBA. Um, however, Tim, I know that you and I know that a lot of our our army members, our ear buddies, are big fans of pop, um, and so I think it's absolutely worth understanding ABBA more because really, like they were so massively influential to just the pop genre. Um, and people, you know, to your point, Tim, people don't really understand what was up with them. Like, they don't have the sort of respect musically, I don't think, that they uh, ought to uh, be getting. And I say that because this was a band. Uh, so Benny and Bjorn were the mm-hmm. writers and producers. Essentially, they... It was all like an in-house operation, right? It was Benny and Bjorn and their two Scandinavian wives, and they would—they had a studio. They built their own studio in uh, Stockholm, and they would write, record, engineer, produce, mix, master, release the whole, everything just on their own, right? Mm. There was nobody else, and so that in itself is impressive enough, right? Like, if anyone can do all those things, uh, hats off. Absolutely. Super trooper beams are gonna blind me, but I won't feel blue like I always do cause somewhere in the crowd there's... However, there are a lot of people, a lot of acts, I think, who attempt to do those all those things, and at some point in the process, it sort of breaks down, right? Like, it could if you do a great job producing sort of a subpar song, what's the point? If you do uh, a bad job recording a great song, what's the point? These maniacs were so so good at what they were doing. Uh, and, and, you know, in sort of the more recent kind of reviews and uh, revisions, you'll see things about their, like, technical precision and about um, how they were just a machine. And, I mean, that's it's true. Like, here's a fun example. Um, on one of the tracks off of their, their new album, ABBA yeah. Voyage, uh, there's one track, and I forget which one it is exactly, but there's one that was left off of a uh, an album 40 or you know 40 plus years ago. Um, but they used the same vocal takes, the same vocal tracks that they had recorded over 40 years ago. Just a notion, that's all. 
layered them over the top of this new production, and you cannot tell the difference. I don't remember which track it is because it sounds no different than any of the other ones. I also read that, and that is really cool. Uh, and we'll get into it when we actually talk about the new album more, but um, the new stuff sounds a whole lot like the old stuff, and so that, I mean, to, to know that they're using old tracks explains some of it, but this is a really consistent group, clearly. Yeah. Uh, I think, you know, something amazing to me as well um, is that this this new album really shows I think more than anything like how good they have always been because there were there were concerns uh, I think among us ABBA heads that they would come back after 40 years and keeping in mind that at, at one point this was a band and I don't know if this has been absolutely uh, confirmed but there was a lot of talk that they were being offered a billion dollars years ago to reunite and do a tour and they were like no thanks we don't want to wow right yeah and and so the fact that they decided to come back after 40 years like that is an unbelievable risk and uh, like why would you why would you risk your legacy like that right because they're they're already legends they're already in the hall of fame for you know any number of reasons they had nothing to gain by doing this it everything to lose i mean not everything you know their their old songs and their reput their old reputation isn't going anywhere but yeah it it's it, it's not like they needed a rehab tour uh they're they're good on that front let's talk we'll talk more about the new album soon but i want to i want to play my favorite ABBA song that I didn't know really um, until I, I started doing this homework and I think it rules this song is it, it just totally surprised me I did not know that this was the kind of thing that they were really doing at the time this is the winner takes it all I don't want to talk about things we've gone through Though it's hurting me Now it's history I've played all my cards And that's what you've done too Nothing more to say No more race to play The winner takes it all The loser standing small Beside the victory That's a destiny These melodies are perfecto. Man, the melodies of... This is a phenomenal example of like why ABBA is great. Because this... The melodies... I mean, you know, we start off with those the piano and those stunning chords right and and the way those were were constructed mm-hmm. uh, and the, the melodies are all just flawless right uh, and this one's interesting too because yeah. usually uh, kind of the f- fun and funny thing about about this group is that they usually have both of the girls singing in unison 
just you know through the verses it's like they just both mm. sing the same thing but this just one of them and the actual like emotion in her voice and obviously the technical ability there talking about the lyrics of this song like you know uh i don't i know often we don't really talk about uh lyrics on this on this show because it is often uh you know, perhaps a bit too subjective, or maybe we just don't care. But because, right? Because I am just not a big lyric head. That's the main reason I think. Because I know you, you are a, a better reader uh, of of lyrics than than I. Yeah, than but you know, I don't want to do a. You know, I don't want this to be a poetry pod, so it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> But the, the lyrics, like the lyrics of this one, I'm like, oh, you guys, there's some real emotional depth here, and you're really dealing with yes. some some real things. And and I'll, my my final thing that I love about this song is that no matter what happens with Abba, they cannot, like in any of those songs, they cannot resist blasting into a four yeah. on the floor disco beat no matter what happens like where did that come from unnecessary it is classic abba it's so funny but it's also like you can't really laugh at it because it's just really Mm -hmm. good yep exactly okay so so this um this showed me okay so they're not just uh a bunch of hams like they're they're doing pretty i mean this is pretty as you said deliberately um dramatic uh but i like a little bit of drama uh in in my music and yes it's not quite to that like queen level of drama which i appreciate um here is one because this has been a pretty easy episode of Shark Tank for you, because I'm right. I'm, I'm doing half the work. I'm I'm, I'm talking myself into ABBA too. Okay, uh, you were ready, yeah. yeah. But so let me make it. Let's make the Shark Tank. Uh, uh, ooh, the Swedish Fish Tank. That's my joke. Mm, there you okay. Go. Um, let's make it a little harder. Here's an ABBA song that I hate, and and I listen to it, and I still just frankly do not like it at all. If you change your mind. Help me out. What am I missing? Because this is their third most listened to song on Apple Music, for what it's worth. So, what am I missing? So, Tim, I need to know before I can answer this. Uh, what do you not like about this this little tune? Okay, the intro puts a terrible taste in my mouth right off the bat. I simply hate the acapella thing that they do at the beginning. I don't think it is well executed. Uh, so, I don't know. Sorry. That's that's trouble for me. Um, and then this sort of the combo of the synth doing the bow, 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 bow. It, the tempo is, is like too slow to me to... It just... I, a lot of production and songwriting decisions that I wouldn't have made and then to top it off I just don't actually find the the melody to be that memorable or great I think that's fair there's no possible way that I even as a as a big fan can defend a lot of what they have decided to do um 
their their good songs are very very good, but uh-huh. um, you know, and I so I got the the ABBA ABBA Gold compilation back in you know I don't know when I was young enough to be formed by it, sure. uh, and it was a very just a a huge like a massively selling album, which is interesting because you know it's a compilation. So I'm mostly I'm listening to like the hits. It's nothing but hits for me. Uh, as far as I know, ABBA is a band that has just written a bunch of hits. <laughs> but <laughs> then uh, I discovered I discovered that they have a bunch of other songs, and there's a reason that those are not hits. Like you know, even on their on their new one, there's this little Christmas song that is just simply terrible, oh, and it's it's very it's, like it's a lousy song. <laughs> it's just a bad song, and it's it's and they always like I don't know they've got to know right they've got to know that it's not great, but it's just so like schmaltzy and so lightweight and so sort of uh, mm-hmm. just absolutely that's just, that's disposable. You know, that is the kind of music where you're like, okay, well. That did not need to happen. Um, so, I think I think it's fair to have a, a decent amount of it not work for you. But I do think, and I mean, I know you're probably already here, so I barely need to push you over the bridge. But I feel like if you like pop music, it's not hard to see why you ought to like or at least respect ABBA. Yes, I, I'm what the other thing that I'm coming to discover is it's it's poppy, poppy, pop, right? It, it's very there's a lot of bubblegum here and take a chance on me is kind of the extreme of that that I just is not palatable for me. But in most of their other hits, they are doing some kind of um occasionally like symphonic and occasionally um, very surprising songwriting decisions like just strictly if we're talking chord progressions they're n- they're not stuck in the one four five you know six kind of the the four chords that everybody in pop music leans on they do a lot of really interesting uh, composition work and uh i love it i love uh like sos these verses are really cool and they lead to an awesome chorus um you know waterloo is that way dancing queen frankly is that way lay all your love on me that chorus is nuts um so i'm yeah i i did i definitely have uh, learned a lot about ABBA and frankly about myself this week in listening to them. The love you gave me, nothing else can save me, SOS. When you're gone, how can I even try to go on? When you're gone, though I try, how can I carry on? Well, listen, I think that it's hard if you are a if, if you are a real musician tim like you and i are uh it's hard to listen to this to their compositions and not think 
oh, these are some really smart people. Like these are really yeah. they know what they're doing in a way that a lot of people uh, doing pop music don't really know. Like one of, mm-hmm. one of my uh, favorite ABBA songs is uh, "Mamma Mia." Right, and not just because it's in the musical. I knew about it before then, and the reason I like it is because melodically it's phenomenal. But that's sort of par for the course with a you know a good ABBA song. But the structure of it is so interesting. It's like uh, it's like three and a half minutes long, but it's mm-hmm. like a little. It's a pocket symphony. There are like the the first thing. It's like five or six different distinct sections in a row and it's, it's just hooks on top of hooks and they're picking weird instruments doing like an electric guitar solo with a xylophone it's just a it's just really smart smart stuff and it's also uh, unbelievably catchy Yeah, and that's the thing you can keep coming home to is they are really good at writing melodies. Uh, even even the stuff on the new album, um, which I think we should uh, get to sooner than later, is really fresh in some places. Uh, like unbelievable that they can take a forty year break and then come back and uh, drop some more melodies that feel like they've existed forever. So that's. You know exactly that, and that's that's the thing. You know, my thought, uh, and I don't, I don't know how much uh, we need to like dissect the new album, but my my uh, thirty thousand foot view from it or of it is that uh, the fact that they came back and did essentially the exact same thing they have always done is so. Perfect. Like if they had put a, a, a trap beat in there, if they had you know done a little a husky little Billy Eilish voice, they would have ruined their legacy. Actually, like they, yes. that would have been something everyone said. Uh, nope, that was a mistake. We would have pretended it didn't exist. Uh, we would have written it mm. uh, out of the history books on the shelf. And uh, but they didn't. They just they they have only ever made their own kind of music with apparently no outside influence ever. They're just, you know, they just woke up after 40 years. Uh, they thought it was still, you know, 1983 or whatever. And uh, they just <laughs> did the same thing again. Uh Let's say that you won, Matt. The uh, you you get the investment in the Swedish fish tank. Uh, I'm I'm in. I'm an ABBA fan now, and it's all thanks to you. <laughs> well, Tim, you're a smart you're a smart guy, uh, and for that reason, I'm in. Okay, we're in on ABBA, which means uh, we're going to take a break and uh, come back and talk about the new album, uh, Ear Buddies. We'll continue in a moment. This episode of Ear Buddies, it's brought to you by Remington. Remington Arms. And Matt? Yes. 
we simply can't tell the story of Remington without starting in October of 1793 in Suffield, Connecticut. Where a bouncing baby boy was born. His name was Eliphalet Elif- uh Remington. Ellie E. Remington. And he uh, he came into this world for one purpose. To help us bag a buck. That's right, folks. We are talking about the finest mom-and-pop arms dealer in the United States, <laughs> Remington Arms. They make guns. They make rifles, uh, pistols, shotguns, uh, regular other types of guns. If it has a trigger and you can put something in it and pull the trigger <laughs> and it shoots out and hits something else with a lot of force... That's Remington for you. Remington Arms. Remington Products is a different... That's for hair and, like, personal, like, hygiene stuff. That's not... No. We're talking about Remington Uh Arms. Guns. American American guns. Guns, baby. Guns, guns, guns. And And that's the sign of a Remington, Matt. When it hits something with extreme force, that's when you know you've got a Remington. That's uh, right. It is the largest. <laughs> it's the largest rifle manufacturer in North America, according to 2015 ATF statistics. That's that's it's synonymous with a, a big old blast of. <laughs> Of violence and, and force. Yeah. And power. Have, have a blast with Remington Arms. <laughs> have yourself a, a blast. From his first flintlock rifle to your favorite uh, uh, heavy barrel um, hunting rifle, old E. Remington knew what he was doing. He was... We could call him a savant, basically, in in the world of gun manufacturing. <laughs> he, uh, now, he died eventually. The year was uh, 1861. But the Remington family knew that they had something special. And so for generations, they kept at it. They kept at old Ellie's mission until uh well until 2020 when uh Remington filed for chapter 11 bankruptcy and uh, <laughs> its assets were divided were divided up and, and sold to various buyers <sighs> I Tim I how upset are you? <laughs> How upsetting mm. is it that they went chapter 11? Like, that... America will never be the same. America was built mm. on... on With Remingtons, essentially. I mean, they... <laughs> cowboys had them. Uh, cops had them. <laughs> 
criminals, cops and robbers, uh-huh. both they they would <laughs> it's they would sell to anybody. It did, didn't matter, cops <laughs> and robbers, whatever. <laughs> And the Wild it's West. It's the classic American story of cops and robbers, yes. Yeah. Cops and robbers sponsored by Remington Arms. <laughs> but look, I just... It is devastating to hear that they're... That they don't exist anymore. Think old Eliphalet. Eliphalet. Mm-hmm. Old E. Remington must be spinning around in his urn right now. Just... Just... <laughs> absolutely incensed that this is that the American that this, it does, his legacy is nothing anymore you have to you have to look at the state of things um, and to see a great American brand like Remington Arms uh, go down the way it did um, listen if it if you're disillusioned about the American dream after hearing about that Buddy, you're not alone. It's yeah. uh, hard to imagine any of us uh, making it to the top if even old Elephunk Remington can't uh, <laughs> can't leave a legacy that uh, actually lasts. So they're stripping it for parts. These big cats, these overseas oh. conglomerates, they come over to to. <laughs> Our land, our country, and they see this this successful arms dealer never caused anybody any harm. No, <laughs> well, not really. And uh, <laughs> no, I mean they they didn't. Uh, and and they they come no, in like, and they chop them up like a like a candy bar, like a like a pizza pie, and they give it to. Just who the highest bidder? That is not my America. I'm embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. What's next? Coca-Cola, Walmart, <laughs> Sam's Club, Costco, Target. Stop. Stop. You're hurt. You're Barnes hurting. and Noble. <laughs> You're hurting. Stop. Borders Bookstore. <laughs> enough. Bath and Body enough Works is enough. <laughs> What's next? N- Nickelodeon, Nick Jr. Auric Vacuums? TV Land? The Andy Griffith Show? They're coming for everything. I am so... I just... I am so sick of it. <laughs> I want to watch Opie and Andy fishing. And then, I can't... We can't... They're not, it's, we can't anymore. It's, it's no. done. The good, the good days are over. They died with Remington going chapter 11. Remington Arms. Um, Remington ah, arms. infuriating. Old Maleficent <sighs> Remington did his best, but it just wasn't enough. It's never. It's never enough, is it? It's never. It's never enough. But he did leave enough to pay for one last ad. You're hearing it right now, and he wants he he and his family. Well, his family they uh, they want to come back. They still believe in the American dream, delusional as that may be. So they gave us basically uh, whatever funds they had liquidated and said, uh, "Why don't you, no pun intended, do a, a quick shot across across the bow of the American public?" <laughs> and um, 
and let them know that we want to come back and America will not be the same without us. So that's that's what this is all about. We sincerely hope that this is the start of something and not the end of something. It's Remington Arms. Have a blast with Remington. <laughs> Welcome back to Ear Buddies. You got two ABBA fans sitting here side by side like we do every week, arm in arm, uh, with two little microphones in front of our faces. And it's time to talk about Voyage. Twenty twenty one return of ABBA after forty years of not doing it, they're doing it again. <laughs> they're back at it. And buddy, folks are loving folks are loving this album. Tim, uh well, look, I know you've listened to it. You must have. I know you spent uh this past week doing well, we call it due diligence. Um You've been listening to, to some ABBA and mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's interesting to me to see to get your thoughts on it because you didn't really you sort of don't have much context uh, from prior in your life. Sure. And so I'm interested uh, in your take. I guess as always, nothing new there. Basically, pal. Even as someone with rather limited context, I gotta say that hearing Agnetha. And Anifrid sing the way they're doing and singing the words they're singing at this point. They're in their... All four band members are in their 70s now. Yep. And to hear a song like the opening track, I Still Have Faith in You... I still have faith in you I see it now Through all these years that faith lives on That, it makes me want to cry Man Because it's so, it's so beautiful Of heart and mind The likes of which are rare and grow so hard do I have it in me? I believe it is in there. Look, when so that I, they released I Still Have Faith in You and Don't Shut Me Down as their kind of the singles off of this album mm, a couple months ago. And I honestly did not listen for a couple days because I was like, if this is bad. Uh, right. It's gonna be bad, and 
and I listened to I Still Have Faith in You, and I was like, I mean, I did get a little emotional, and not it's not because it's an amazing song, although it is a great song. It is. Uh, it's because, like, they, they're in their 70s, like you said. Um, they are as good as they ever have been. Yeah, they still sound great. They still sound so good. And, like, the thing is, I don't want to mythologize them too much, um, or at least not more than they have earned. Uh, I don't think this that the al- you know this new album is like just a massive uh, triumph and has some of their best songs ever. I think the the night the most accurate and like complimentary thing I can say about it is that it is absolutely as good as ABBA always has been. I listened to this after I studied their old stuff, right? So I, I didn't want this to be like my first hard listen of, of sure. ABBA. And so coming to this, knowing which songs got them to the dance, basically, and, and why they are remembered the way they are, and um, hearing these, what must be, really earnest lyrics about... Mm. You know, basically, four old friends coming together and, and doing what they love again. It's stunning. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful thing. And to know that they don't botch it uh, on the way, with the exception of Little Things, the Christmas song that we mentioned earlier, which I think is <laughs> simply a trash piece of music. <laughs> it, yeah, there was. I read some review that was. It said something like, "It wouldn't be an ABBA album if there wasn't one track that was just unlistenable." And I'm like, you know what? Fair, fair enough. <laughs> they can't. <laughs> but, but but bud, there's I, a song I, I, on here called "Keep an Eye on Dan." Do you have you listened to that one? I was I was just about to bring that one up actually. Dude, it's. It's a song about mom leaving her son with her ex-husband for the weekend. I yep. can't believe it. That's that's literally I can't believe it and it's <laughs> so good. Shouldn't be a traumatic event, but it is. And I feel so bad. That's exactly what the song is about, and there's no other way to say it. And that's what's so... What I also love, and this is a very Swedish thing, but ABBA really, like, sort of... uh, I don't want to say perfected, but at least kind of set it in stone. Um, Because, you know, English is uh, their second language. And and there are not very many good... uh, I'll I'll say it. There are no good... (laughs) Swedish lyric writers when they're writing in English. They're writing in their second language, right? Um, and that's that's like that's the deal. That's fine. I uh-huh. I you know, I would probably not write really good lyrics in Swedish. But there is it's just 
fascinating to listen to because there's no poetry, there's no artifice, there's nothing but the truth, essentially. It is, it is earnest to the point of just like almost... Um, almost mundane you know what i mean and like i don't i don't think oh, that yeah it, it makes it mundane but just like the, keep an eye on dan literally talking about like dropping like after your your uh custody hearing or whatever you're you're dropping off your kid at your ex-husband's house yeah no let me let me just let me do this it here are the lyrics from like the pre-chorus through the chorus and he loves his dad and i've loved him too Maybe I still do, but it's over. And then the chorus begins. Keep an eye on Dan. Promise me you can. He gets out of hand if you let him. So keep an eye on Dan. And don't forget, I'll be back on Sunday to get him. It's There you go. That's the weekend. And, yep. it's, a, and it's a pop banger. That chorus is great. Yep. No, I, it really, it really is. They're, they're just... I love it because <sighs> clearly there is pretty much literally no other major band that could even think about doing this song, doing a song like this. He gets out of hand if you let him, so keep an eye on them. Except for Adam. Oh, and they do it, abso- and and yep. they nail it. It's unbelievable. And and while we're saying that, the the track right before "I Can Be That Woman," uh, mm. it starts off. You're asleep on the couch with Tammy, and she looks straight up at me. You're asleep on the couch with Tammy, and she looks. Straight up at me The reproach in her eyes is imagined But the pain that I feel is real Alright, so they're drawing you yeah. in here She, she, she jumps, jumps down, down And her tail is swishing And her tail, and her tail is swishing Okay, so Tammy is a dog. They're they're singing a song about a dog. They're singing a song about a, their son named Dan. Like this is ridiculous stuff, and it only works because of how absolutely straight faced they are, and and all the yes. melodrama and all the you know costumes that they wrote off for tax purposes, like all that stuff uh, together. It's so bizarre. And the fact that it works so well is, I'll say it again, simply because of the tunes. Yeah, yeah, you get the tunes are good. It, it's a really nice album, and uh, I would say it's the consensus is this is doing nothing to tarnish the absolute crystal reputation that they have. Uh, yep, absolutely. Which, again, as we said, is pretty much the most you can ask of an album like this. It's We don't need them to redefine anything. We, we don't want them to do that. Um, yep. It's just... It's it's a it's a marvel to hear these four folks 
again, literally in their 70s, just doing it mm-hmm. like they've always been doing it. Uh, that is a special, unusual thing that uh, that you do not get to behold very often. So I love it. Yes, man, no, I think that's that's the most like incredible part of this entire you know cultural conversation around ABBA is that you almost can't have a cultural conversation around them because mm-hmm. here's the thing: they have not. They sh- it seems, for all intents and purposes, they showed up out of the gate fully formed they did not ever evolve nor did they devolve they they have been the exact same always uh any song on their latest album could have been off their first you know Mm -hmm. and so like there's no other band that does that uh well there's no other band that does that and has any sort of uh commercial success with it so Props to ABBA, hats thrown high up in the air, and uh, a round of applause. Just glad to glad to have been a fan, and Tim, glad to bring you on this voyage um, with the rest of us now. Uh, yes, pr- uh, it's it's an honor to be on this voyage with you. Happy that we can bestow the uh, highest ear buddies honor upon ABBA which is props to them (laughs) and let me just say Matt that I hope in the year 2061 uh, two feeble fellas named Matt and Tim (laughs) can hop on hot mics one more time and uh, like like we'd always been doing it and get the same reception from the ear buddies army that uh, ABBA (laughs) is getting from the ABBA heads that is my sincere hope that is the dream. That is the dream. Talk to you later, buddy. Talk to you later, buddy. <laughs>